Welcome to the Bookworm Collective. In this episode, we'll be discussing our hopes for a new Harry Potter TV series and our favorite book of April. Alright, so for this episode, we're going to be going all over the Harry Potter TV series that they're going to be doing on HBO Max pretty soon. So if you haven't really heard anything about this, uh, very recently, Warner Bros. slash Discovery, you know, they're kind of the same company now, has officially announced that they're going to do a faithful adaptation of the Harry Potter series on HBO Max. And even though it seems very close to when the movies came out, you know, relatively speaking, um, this is going to be a TV series with one series dedicated to each book. And kind of the dream behind this is that because each series is going to cover one book, you'll have a lot more screen time to kind of dive into the books even further. So the plan for this TV series is for it to be a decade long, and the executive producers are J.K. Rowling, Neil Blair, David Heyman, and Ruth Kenley Letts. So these guys will be the ones who are creating this new Harry Potter world based off of the books is what it seems more like. It'll it'll be more based off of the books rather than a re-adaptation of the movies, which will be pretty neat. And I think one of the things that's really exciting is that J.K. Rowling is a part of this whole entire series. And, you know, really just be involved and make sure that this stays true to what the books really were. Um, and so I think that it's very interesting that the producer said that they want to have this stand along with the films and not like just completely replace it. And so we'll kind of get to see what that is. And, you know, we'll talk even more about that later. The show is expected to release in 2025 or 2026, just depending on uh, you know how long production takes. And the show is going to have an all-new cast, which hasn't been announced yet, and they also have not announced who the writer will be or what the showrunners are. So um, we're still waiting on a lot more information, but Anderson and I kind of today wanted to just talk about the series, kind of like our hopes and wishes, you know, compared to the books. And it's going to be kind of difficult, and I'm sure we'll make some references to the movie here and there, but um, but kind of the goal is to kind of stick to the books. Yeah, so... Going into the wishes that I really want for this new Harry Potter series is that it it just includes some of the parts that were cut out from the movies that made the Harry Potter books very unique. And it kind of and like when those small parts were cut from the movies, it kind of made the movies less enjoyable because like for example, Peeves, he he was always doing pranks on all of the students, but uh, since they cut him out of the movies, they you don't get that light-hearted uh, messing around in between all of these intense things that Harry Potter and the trio are going through. What I think a lot with that is that because some of these details were cut out of the movies because you know they weren't relevant enough a plot to take up all the screen time, you know the purposes those characters serve had to be like reinvented in a different character. So throughout up some of the seriousness that's going on in the book and you know, that's where Peeves comes in. And when they, you know, made the adaptation to the movie, they needed to move this, uh, they needed to move this uh, comedy to somewhere else. So they kind of like put it into other characters that it wasn't necessarily part of in the books. And so like some characters kind of like shifted a lot. And I think that, you know, it's okay. And I would love to see more like in-depthness on these characters. It 
it also would be nice to have some of these smaller parts kind of like make their way back and just kind of see how they can kind of play with these roles because Peeves wasn't there. So I, I'm interested to see how do they how do they show him in the in the series? Yeah. So I think that's definitely a big thing that I'm kind of really wishing for. And another thing that I kind of missed about um, in the movies, like comp- comparing the books to the movies, there's a lot of differences that seem very small, but they they definitely help build like some uniqueness to the main three characters. So, for example, I I really miss seeing the house elves. Like we get to see Do- Dobby in the movies, but um, in the book, he he's almost in every book after he's mentioned in what the second book. Yeah, and well, and he shows up all the time, and then he kind of got cut out of the movies, and. I don't really know what the reasoning behind that is, but if I had to assume it's all about the cost it is to make Dobby because, you know, Dobby is this very different character, you know, like it's very difficult for a person to play that without like a ton of makeup and just really trying to be creative with the shots. And, you know, one of the things I think is exciting about this picked up by HBO is that HBO is known to put a lot of production value into their shows. I mean, like Game of Thrones it looks really, really nice for like the time that it was. And they spend a lot of investment on making these shows look nice. So I'm excited to know that, you know, hopefully they can, hopefully they can bring that production value to the series. And so that that's not really the reason that characters are left out or not really introduced. And that the reason is because, you know, they don't have the screen time or maybe they aren't like super relevant for the time that we actually have. Um, But yeah, I think that that's probably why Dobby was cut out of all of the movies. Yeah, and I and I just don't want to see all of it being Dobby and Creature. I also want to see like the house elves that were in the kitchens who made the food and all and did all of the cleaning and like there were multiple encounters with house elves and even Hermione started Spew, which is the society uh, for the promotion of elfish welfare. And like you see all of the things that Hermione is trying to do to help out the elves and try to bring attention to them having to do all of these awful chores and being treated poorly and all of that. Well, I also think that with that, you know, Hermione's um, spew group that she creates and everything, like it adds a lot of dimension to her character and you can kind of see what drives Hermione and, you know, like that, um, you know, I'm, it's been like a hot second since I've read the book, so maybe I'm wrong here, but um, it ends up like this spew group ends up affecting what Hermione does after she leaves Hogwarts. And so like it kind of like makes a dive deeper into these characters to kind of like fill them out a little more, but also like include more of the side characters that we don't see a lot. Like we've already talked about Peeves, but um, one of my biggest pet one of my biggest pet peeves in the movies is that Snape is not really elaborated on a lot until like the very last two movies when Snape's a huge character all throughout and plays a really important role. But there's also, but there's also characters that you would consider to be like main characters that just 
fall really flat in the movies. Like Jenny is like in the books, she's like this very fiery and like big character. But in the movies, she just kind of is like there all the time. And I don't think they really knew how to do that. So I'm hoping that with more time, we will kind of get some more information on these characters. If you look at Fred and George, they, they're kind of more well-developed than Ginny, but it's still not all the way there. Like, you you get to see their brotherhood and how they start their uh, joke shop, but you don't get to see all of the little pranks that they do or all of that. And Like, sure, you don't have to see all of the little pranks that they're doing, but... Uh, I think it'd just be pretty neat to see what else they do with certain characters and add that kind of depth that you were talking about. Yeah, and I think that the Weasley family is just one of those families that kind of like falls flat in the movies compared to the books. Because when you read the books, because when you read the books, it's impossible not to love the Weasley family and just kind of, you know, see why Harry wants to be a part of that. And when you watch the movies, it's just kind of like, well, Harry wants to be a part of this because it's the only family he's ever really seen. And um, you can kind of like see the lightheartedness and like the enjoyment in that family when it's elaborated further in the books. You know, and there's just a lot of those relationships I feel like fall flat. Like the Dursleys, I, I just feel like it's a it's a total miss in the movies. It just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. In the early books, there's a lot of depth put in to show like just how awful, just how awful the Dursleys actually are. That's just kind of like missed, you know, and I, I hope that they can elaborate more on that, especially towards the end when you kind of start to see that like Dudley is disagreeing with his parents on like the relationship with Harry and kind of like sees where there's value in that. And like, you don't really get that in the movies. The Dursleys actually like disappear at the very end, whereas, you know, you can actually see like a pretty big arc if you really think. Um, another Another wish that I have for this series is just seeing the Battle of Hogwarts. The Battle of Hogwarts was a very intense battle and it was very descriptive in the book. And I don't want to say the movie did a bad job of interpreting that battle, but um, but I think that there are a lot of interesting parts that are kind of built up in all of the other books that are included in the Battle of Hogwarts in the book, but are excluded in the movies. And I just kind of want to see that in the series. Like, uh, I know I'm talking about house elves a lot, but, but there's a part in the book, there's a part in the Battle of Hogwarts in the book where all of the house elves actually come out and help support, um, the Hogwarts staff and the students and all of them fighting against the Death Eaters and Voldemort. And that's kind of neat. And then there's like all of these other creatures that join the battle. And like, I know it's not fantastic beasts and where to find them, but it'd be interesting to see all of those creatures. And yes, it is, it is definitely like more expensive to have to like create those creatures, but I hope that they don't skimp away from that just because of the cost. 
in the last couple of books, there's this huge plot about giants, and, you know, they play a pretty big role in the Battle of Hogwarts, but in the movies, you really only ever see Grop, and it's just kind of, like, interesting that those parts were taken out, you know, and it's probably due to the production costs and just trying to determine, like, what actually adds to this, but... Overall, I really think that even though I really enjoy the last two movies, which cover book seven, um, they're the ones that fall the most flat because book six does this huge lead up to Horcruxes, the Battle of Hogwarts. You get a lot of this backstory about the way that it was before with Voldemort and all these things. And that is just missing because there wasn't time to do it with the sixth book and then they never covered it in the seventh. So if you don't know those things and you are like watching the seventh movie, seventh and eighth movies, it like, it doesn't make sense. You're like, what, where's this sudden like shift? Um, and so I hope that they can elaborate on a lot more of that stuff. Um, and, you know, and there'll be a lot of time for them to figure out how do we ramp up to that because, you know, since each season is going to cover like a book, you know, be it'll be a little while before they have to get there. Yeah, like if we if we go back to what Harrison was talking about seeing the Giants in the movie versus the series, um, since the series is set up in an episode format, maybe it doesn't have to be one episode per chapter. But, like, whenever Hagrid is talking about his adventures with uh, the other giant lady that I can't remember her name of right now, um, they went to go on they went to go on that trip, and that could be an entire episode on its own. But there could still be tweaks to that story because Hagrid is retelling it. So sure, he didn't he didn't get the perfect description of it but you get to see all of those little details whereas in the book it some of that stuff might be a little harder to think about because it's in one of the more uh fiction heavy parts of the book i'd say the only other thing that i have that's like kind of a hope for the series is I don't want this series to completely replace the books. There's like no value to having read the books and then watching the series. It's just like, okay, I know everything. And so I hope that they can kind of figure out how to add something so that people who are really into the book still have something that's like entertaining and enjoyable other than the fact that we're just seeing the Harry Potter world. But I think that they really need to toe the line when they're doing that because what I don't want them to have do is add like all of these side plots that conflict with the book. So I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens, but I would love to see like some additional depth added to things that maybe weren't covered in the books. And then, you know, there it like feels like that it's not just like we're recreating the books, but we're kind of adding to. Well, I also think that with that, it would provide the opportunity for, you know, HBO or Warner Bros to add spinoffs and, you know, open up the world for that. And that's kind of what I'm really like long term hoping out of this. I mean, if I'm like being brutally honest about it, I'm kind of bummed that the series is being made instead of focusing on creating new content because like this content has already been created not that long ago. So like, could we have found like maybe a spinoff with like more information on Dumbledore or Snape and, you know, like characters like that, like I think that that would be very interesting. Um, 
but maybe this series is going to like have a platform to kind of introduce some of those topics and allow this to spin off a little bit more like very similar to like what they've been doing with a lot of the Star Wars content they've been making uh, recently. But I also don't really want this to turn into like a humongous universe like Marvel is. So now we've kind of like transitioned a little bit into the concerns that we have with this. And, you know, with anything, when you're making an adaptation of a book into a movie or a TV show, there's always concerns about this. And, um, you know, I think we kind of wanted to just cover like some of the things that we are a little worried about with the series and are also just hoping that the, you know, the team that's involved in this will keep in mind and, you know, hopefully get it right. So my biggest concern about this series, I feel like that they are making the series too soon compared to the movies because people are still thinking about the movies like people in their 40 to 50s are still like, oh, remember Harry Potter? Oh, I want to watch Harry Potter again. Let's 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 watch that tonight. And they and they love those. Yeah, I mean, they still play it like all December, you know, like the entire month of December. It's like on TV all the time, you know, or your dad puts on the same movie and then falls asleep to it every night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and I, I agree with you. I mean, the, the last movie came out in like, what, 2011? And so like, yes, it's been over 10 years. So I could see why you could have the question for maybe it's time to do an adaptation of this. Um, it's really soon. So I'm concerned that um, the people who are like diehard fans of the movies are going to compare it super hard to the series because it's still like really fresh. Um, and the biggest thing I think, the biggest thing I think they have going for them is that technology has changed a lot since the first movie came out. And by the time they get to the end of this decade long series, it's only going to have gotten better. So, you know, maybe the you know increase in technology is going to allow them to expand on the world a lot and let Harry Potter fans see the world that they've pictured in their head in a completely new way than they ever thought they'd be able to. Yeah, and kind of going off of what Harrison was talking about early earlier about doing spinoffs is that really what they could have done instead of recreating the series so soon is that they could have dove into one of the other areas that people are interested in. Like the second that Harry Potter that the second that uh I heard that Harry Potter was being recreated into a series that would be an adaptation of the books. Um, I checked like the Harry Potter Facebook groups that I'm in and like within a minute of scrolling in these Facebook groups, it's there's memes of why didn't, why didn't, uh, why didn't HBO and the wizarding world create one of the other series that people are looking forward to because people were talking about a recreation of the Harry Potter books again, but they, but they just kind of thought of it as like, yeah, this would be neat, but these other things would also be cool. Like if we got a series on the Marauders at school, so like James, Peter Pettigrew, uh, Lupin and Sirius like that would be pretty neat and then like the founding of Hogwarts how it all got started because 
Hogwarts compared to how it was when Harry Potter was in it compared to when uh, the founders were starting it is is completely different. Like they originally had the founders sort students where the sorting hat now sorts students. So it's just like people are going to be wishing for these series over the Harry Potter recreation. So I just feel like this series might not bring as many people in because they don't want to recreate the, uh, their experience of the movies and the books yet because it's just been way too soon. Yeah. And I think that, you know, these spinoffs would be really helpful. And I hope that this series, I think that these spinoffs would be really interesting and, you know, I'd love to see them. And I think that it will, um, you know, get there down the road, you know, especially with like things like Hogwarts Legacy that came out recently, you know, adding to the world a little that, that will get there eventually. And unfortunately the like, easiest way to describe why they're doing this is that it's it's all money related you know discovery just bought warner bros for a significant amount of money and they want to recoup that money as fast as possible so harry potter is the largest franchise so you know what let's just do a reboot where we don't have to create new content and let's just you know let's just get this ball rolling so that we can kind of recoup that cash right this minute and that's kind of one of the big things about most uh, series right now, series or just movies in general, is that um, we're getting a lot of recreations for content or continuations of series because they're big money makers. So companies are getting more concerned about just having money so that they can do more things, but they're not creating as quality content so like for example i believe disney uh has said that they are making another toy story movie which is insane because like the first three were really good and then personally for me the fourth one sure it was good but it just didn't feel completely it, it wasn't very exciting Hey, now the fourth movie was the fourth movie was good and you just had to be the right audience for it. Now, I, but I definitely agree. Like sometimes like we're pushing it a little bit too far and we're just kind of like continuing it for the sake of continuing it and knowing like, okay, if I tack on one more movie, I'm going to get a ton of people that want to show up just because they want to complete the series. And, um, you know, Sometimes they do that and you end up with like an amazing movie that was maybe even better than the ones before or a series, you know, better than the ones before. And, you know, this also happens a lot with books, too. I mean, like Ready Player Two was nowhere near what Ready Player One was. And so it happens all over the place. But I think that that's kind of like my concern here is that it's very obvious to me they're doing this series as a money grab to try to, you know, recoup what they spent to purchase Warner Bros. And this is the fastest way for them to do that. I'm sure there's not a faster way. And I just am really concerned that, you know, this this series that I, I really enjoy and, you know, like just just have a great time, like, paying attention to and just, you know, consuming their content, you know, I just hope that this doesn't like fall flat and kind of like ruin it for a lot of people and that 
they do it well. And I think that I think that they're going to, it looks like they have a team that will. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what gets there. But, you know, obviously there are some concerns along the way. We might want to transition to. Um, no, I think that I think that I just kind of like wrapped it up into like to try to go back in. Um, plus, like casting is all really right. Like, so that that's kind of what we are thinking about uh, the recreation of Harry Potter as a TV series. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. So if you want to message us on our Instagram. Uh, on our Instagram or our Facebook, we'd love to hear what you think about this uh, recreation. So now we're going to go ahead and move on to our favorite book of the month. Now, just to make this clear, this is our favorite book of the month for April, not May. Yeah, because, you know, we're we're recording this at like the very, very beginning of May. So we haven't really gotten into any May books yet. So, um, you know, for me particularly April for me, April was actually a very dead month for me. Book wise, I have kind of been in this like groove the whole year while I've just been chugging through books. And, you know, I looked at it the other day, I am already over 50% of the way through my yearly goal and I have just been crushing books. And so for this like past month, I actually have slowed it down a lot. And, you know, I don't really know if I like intentionally made this choice or not. It just kind of happened. So there's not a whole lot of books that I've read this month, but I would say that my favorite one, I, um, my favorite one with all of the new content that is coming out for star Wars that I've been watching, I just really wanted to, you know, dive into that a little bit more. And, you know, star Wars books tend to be a pretty light read and Anderson was also reading one. So I figured I'd, uh, I'd join the train as well. So the book that I picked up is called Star Wars from a certain point of view. Um, and so this book, it's, it's super interesting. It is, it was written and released as a celebration of 40 years of a new hope. So what they did is they brought together 40 different storytellers to retell different parts of the new hope movie from a completely different point of view. So it's a lot of short stories. It's a, it's a pretty quick read and it's just, it's really easy to pick up and quickly put down, which is, you know, part of the reason that I picked it. But some of the stories that they cover is, um, like why the R5 on Tatooine malfunctions when Luke, you know, takes him away, which ends up leading to him having R2-D2 instead. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting to kind of like get into um, that character's mind, even though that I'm sure when they were writing the movies and filming, no one was like thinking about this backstory, but somebody decided to go in and kind of make these characters like something that you'd want to pay attention to. So, you know, they also cover like the monster in the trash compactor. There's another short story that tells a little bit about what's going on in Grand Moff Tarkin's mind when he's with Darth Vader. And then my personal favorite is they go through like what's happening inside of Biggs's mind during that battle at the very end of the movie. And there's just a lot of those like little details that I just think are really fun. And I really enjoy when you can kind of take those background characters or that background story and add to it. So, I mean, this book, I, it's not a book I would really recommend to somebody unless I knew they were already interested in Star Wars and they're kind of looking for this type of book. Um, and I'm probably not going to read this again for like a pretty long time because, I mean, 
there's not really like a whole lot to add. I'm, I'm not crazy about short stories and, you know, this is just a lot of them, but I think that it was, it was very interesting. I probably won't read it again for a while, but I'm probably going to look into books that are, I'm probably going to look into books that are similar to this one. I know that there are another set of Star Wars books that are from a certain point of view that, you know, retell different star parts of the universe, which is pretty cool. But Overall, I gave it a four worm rating. So I also read a Star Wars book this month. Uh, this was Dooku by Caven Scott, which I read as a as an audiobook on Libby. So I borrowed it through uh, my library's digital library. This book is set in the Star Wars universe where Dooku's apprentice slash assassin, Asajj Ventress, is looking for Dooku's sister. And uh, the reason she's doing this is that Dooku, Dooku just wants to find her and have Ventress bring her back to him. And we don't really know why he's doing this. We can... You can assume for reasons, but you probably you won't know until the end. And uh, this is just Asajj Ventress learning about Dooku's past to find his sister. And that was kind of an interesting kind of point of view to look at things because uh, Asajj Ventress had her plot going on, but while while she's trying to complete this task, uh, she keeps on she sees. Dooku's experience at the Jedi Temple and it's just kind of interesting and cool to see Dooku's uh backstory and how and how he uh and the process that he went through that led to him going to the dark side instead of staying with the Jedi. Um so that was kind of really interesting and I got to learn more about one of the Star Wars villains. Um while I did enjoy this book, I don't think I would recommend it to anyone unless if someone brought up that, that they wanted to know more about a Star Wars villain or they just kind of wanted to look in the background of something in Star Wars. And that was kind of the nice thing about this book, but I don't think this book is for everyone. I wouldn't recommend it to someone who hasn't seen Star Wars at all. <laughs> I would definitely not do that. I feel like that'd be a bad idea. Um, but uh, if they were interested in getting a little bit more backstory in one of the characters, uh, this book I would definitely recommend. Um, so I'm really glad I read this book because it let me open my eyes back up to the Star Wars books. Whenever I tried to read a physical book it just felt very wrong because star wars started for me i started watching the movies first and i don't think there were books before the star wars series came out so that that's just how the star wars uh world started and i felt like it was wrong to read a book about star wars so but by doing this Harrison recommended this book to me and it really opened my eyes back up. So I might, I might go read some more books that dive into the background of some star Wars characters, but I don't think I'm going to do that right now because, um, because right now, uh, my big read that I've been focusing on for a couple of months is Dune and, uh, 
it does get a little confusing if you're trying to hop between the two books. So uh, I would definitely not recommend doing that. And I'm pretty sure we talked about not reading a Star Wars book and a book like Dune at the same time. But I needed something to read. Yeah, we explicitly said not to do that. So um, yeah, Anderson just wanted to give it a try. Don't do it. (laughs) So... Uh, I ended up giving this book four worms for all of that. Yeah, and I think that um, uh, we we didn't really plan this, that we both were going to be reading Star Wars books. It just kind of like happened this way, but I think it fits really well with the rest of the topic that we've talked about in the episode of like um, these universes that are kind of expanded on. And, you know, Star Wars is definitely a very different thing where it started as these movies and then people started adding these books to kind of like dive into these characters more. And I think that for me personally, when it comes to the star Wars books, you know, like Anderson just said, I find them much more entertaining when they're about characters that I already know. I have a very hard time reading the star Wars books that are introducing all new characters and it doesn't really feel like they're connected and I think that long term, that's kind of what I'm hoping will happen with the Harry Potter series. I hope that we get more content, whether that be shows or books. And, you know, honestly, I think I would really enjoy books that dive more into characters that we already know in the world today. Like, I would love to have, like, what Anderson was saying with the Marauder series. That would be really fun and a great way to get to know more about, like, Sirius and James and Lupin, you know, all of them and also introduce new characters at the same time. And so I kind of hope that that's the direction that we're able to go in the future with Harry Potter, you know, but we'll see. It's a decade-long series, so it could take a little while. That is going to bring us to the end of this episode. Remember that we will be discussing our May book, Paper Towns by John Green, on May 24th. So if you want to join our discussion, make sure you read the book. You can find the Bookworm Collective on Instagram at the underscore Bookworm Collective and on Facebook at the Bookworm Collective. Feel free to message us what you're currently reading or your thoughts on May's book. Thanks for listening.